everybody. Welcome back to That's the Truth podcast. I'm excited to have you back and tuned in for a new guest episode. I am Jay Gallegos. And before I present our special guest today, let me remind you, our goal together is to get one step closer and further along in becoming who God has intended you to be one step at a time so you can be effective and make an impact in every area of your life. Thank you so much if you have subscribed or shared the podcast on social media. I really appreciate the support. It truly means the world to me and it really helps get the podcast out in front of others that could also benefit from the content. We welcome and invite others to join the community. We want to help and inspire as many as we can to become what God has called us to be. If you are new with us, we post a new episode bi-weekly, a teaching the first Friday of every month, followed by a guest episode. And today, I'm excited to bring to you the interesting and fun conversation I had with Robert Lopez. Many would know him as Rolo. He is the Spanish Youth Director for the South Central District for the UPCI's Spanish Ministries. He's an inspiring leader with tremendous influence. He and his wife, Sue, have a beautiful family in Austin, Texas, and together, along with the family, they do a wonderful job of assisting lead Mundo Apostolico Pentecostes, a Spanish church ministry in Austin, Texas, under the senior leadership of Pastor Lopez. So as always, it is a pleasure to invite you into my conversation with Robert Lopez. Well, Brother Rollo, it's so good to have you on the podcast. We've been looking forward to this day for quite a long time. We've been trying to get on the same schedule. We finally locked it down, and it is such a pleasure to not only have you on the podcast, but actually have you here in my home and doing it in person. It's such a privilege and an honor to have you here with us, and I know that today you're going to provide knowledge and wisdom and uh, so much from your experience, and we're glad that you're with us here on the podcast. Man, man, brother, more than anything, I want to thank you, and uh, it's an honor, honestly, to be here. It's something, first time to do something like this, so. It's very exciting at the same time. I hope that, you know, during this conversation, during this talk, we were able to touch some points that go others out in the same, that find themselves in the same situation or will find themselves in a leadership role or somebody working with the youth or something like that. So honestly, thank you, brother, for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. We were excited for it. And we love you, your family, and the way you all do ministry. I know you've been working with young people for quite a long time. It was an honor and a pleasure actually to have you with us last night at the worship night. Even though we're still trying to recover a little bit from that, we were kind of talking about that pre-recording just now. We were talking about how young people can just go on and on and on and on and through the night with no sleep. And you and I are probably getting to the age where we can't hang as, as, (laughs) as easy as we used to anymore. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Brother Jeremy did tell me, I'm like, look, brother, I'm at the age where the sleep is probably more important right now than hanging out sometimes. But yeah, those long talks and everything are are something I I think that are even important to a young person growing up, you know, hanging out with and, you know, with other other young people and having a good time all night. So I'm sure that you had a great time. Yeah, absolutely. It was very, very interesting to see some of the younger kids now making fun of uh, the old guy here and and making the the old knee brace jokes and uh, you know knee popping and uh, but but we had a, we had such a good time and uh, our round table here in the kitchen we have had so many conversations with different young people, young adults, and that's a very it's a high privilege and I take that very very seriously. But, you know, with your experience working with young people, working with young adults, before we get into in depth in some of that, 
um, I would like for you to talk to us a little bit about how you got involved in ministry. I know we were kind of discussing that a little bit pre-recording uh, right now, and you were telling me a little bit of some of the fears that you were facing going into mu music because you're a yeah. tremendous worship leader, tremendous musician, and you now are playing multiple instruments. I know you're on the keys, you're on the on the bass line, you're you're drumming. Uh, I don't know what else. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. What else do you play and, and how you got started in that? Sure, sure. So um, I think as a PK, we we become multiple, you know, musicians of multiple instruments just because sometimes there's a need. Um, that, that That's how I got started in ministry. I got started in music or anything, but I got started way before that. I got started serving with my parents. So serving led me into ministry. Yeah. And I think without that foundation that my parents implemented in me at an early age from, you know, uh, cleaning the church, vacuuming, that's one of the things that I enjoyed. It was a bigger church. I enjoyed vacuuming it. And my wife thinks she's crazy, but she's enjoying that because I vacuum sometimes a room out of, you know, just because I like the lines that I do. You know, something just very, um, you know, similar to that. But I think one of the biggest things that I enjoyed serving with my parents, serving in the ministry that they're at, they really attracted me to to what God had, you know, for me. So I did start off in music. I did start off playing the drums. I was, uh, you know, at 12, 12 years old at the time that, you know, I started playing the drums. And at the, growing up, my music director at the time that he made me try out before even, you know, being part of the band, he, I had to try out for the band and look, you know, thank God I made it. But I remember my first service and we were talking about this story that um, my first service that I had to play that was on schedule. I was so nervous that I got there earlier at church, but I hid in the restroom. <laughs> I had my opportunity, but I hid in the restroom. The service on, they were looking for me. They're like, hey, you know, they're looking for me. I'm like, no, no, tell them I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so it went on. The service went on, and he did come to me after the service, and he did talk to me. He's like, these are opportunities that, that we're going to give you. You got to be able to take a hold of them. And I, I learned a lot from him, and I learned that's one of the biggest things that I learned. Because now I use that as a leader, that to be yeah. able to give opportunities to young people who have talents, who have a, a ministry that you could see, that a leader could see, but they're not seeing yet. Right. So, yeah, I think that's, that's where I began my ministry in the music. Yeah. Is that something that you find common nowadays with young people to where maybe they don't see certain gifts and talents in themselves and you as a leader are, are trying to motivate them. You see something special in them and you're bringing it out of them. Yeah. One of the biggest things I say that they face is the fear of failure, the fear of messing up, the fear of maybe they're not good enough for the fear. So you have to kind of encourage them that they are going to mess up. They are probably not going to be good the first time around, but you got to help them develop that that have a, a, a firm foundation for what they're going into, what God is going to be. And, and God will start pouring into you to help the other person because leaders, you're pouring out all the time. You're serving, you're pouring out all the time. So you're going to start pouring out what God is giving you to, for that person. So you got to make them believe and make them understand, Hey, at the end of the day, this is God's ministry and what he has for you. Nobody could take away what he has for you. Nobody could, you know, mold it a different way other than God. So yeah, 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 yeah. The biggest thing is fear, fear of failure, fear of messing up, fear of just not being good enough. But um, I think that's where leaders come in, where they gotta mold these young people, help you know, discern the spirit, and help them in their path to wherever God's gonna take them. 
Yeah. Just a few minutes ago, you were sharing with me the experience of how you ran and hid and how they came and pulled you out of that. Would you care to expand on that a little bit? Yes. <laughs> so I, I was nervous because back to fear. Like I, I was scared because I'm a 12-year-old drummer compared to the 26-year-old that was a main drummer. There were six drummers at the time. So I, I was hiding because I, to me, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough. I was barely start, starting out. I started playing, you know, at the age of eight or, you know, 10 years old. It's, you know, I picked up drumsticks and uh, now I'm here playing at a service. So I, I was, I was scared, not, not to say another word, but I, I was literally just scared. So yeah. um, he got my attention. He told me, you know, these, again, these are the moments that you learn from. Those are the moments that a person's going to learn from. And they, yeah, I was 12 years old, but that impacted my life to where I'm at now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's such an interesting story. And I think that's a lot, one of the things that a lot of musicians especially can relate to because now there's so many young people, and especially musicians or anybody that's on a platform or anybody that's expected to be in front of an audience at some point they are facing not only the fear, but they're also having that comparison going on in their head because of either social media or uh, maybe the, the other musicians that are, that are present. They feel the tension, they feel the pressure. So what, are this, what is something that you have noticed that has helped young people really break out of that shell and really step out of, of that fear and step into a, a very special place where you get to actually just develop that, that skill, that, that, uh, that gift that God gives us and, and let God take over. What is something that, that you've seen work? I think one of the biggest things is to make them understand that you're doing this for God and you got to have a tight knit relationship that what you're doing, you're going the right path. As far as musicians, you got to make sure you pray before you go up there. You got to make sure that you're, you're right throughout the whole week, not even just that one day, but throughout the whole week, you're thinking of yeah. the whole uh, set list. You're, you know, thinking about, you know, how God's going to move because there's sometimes that even, you know, as, as a, you know, as a preacher yeah. that the music will confirm your message. There's a song that will confirm. Yeah. You. Yeah. So we have to be connected to that with the musicians. So that takes away all the fear that takes away all the doubt that takes away, you know, a lot that comes in to struggling to go up there and play. Cause sometimes, yeah, it, it is intimidating to go up there and play in front of a lot of people in front of, and that's something I struggled with growing up too. And, and I still do. I still get nervous up there and that's good. And they're getting nervous before playing is good. Now getting nervous and running to a restroom, that's bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't go so, run and hide. <laughs> don't go run and hide. But I getting nervous and being, um, because you're humbling yourself, you're telling God, you know what? Yeah. Take control. This is your talent. This is your ministry. This is for you. And that's one of the biggest, as far as my church, I tell my musicians, like everything you do up here is for the honor and glory of God. Every, you know, don't look at the phones that are recording you. Don't look at, you know, go up here and praise God. If you're not, if you're not praising God without a mic, what makes me think you're going to praise God with a mic? Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. Like how, how as a musician, as a praise leader, that's what I look for to a lot of, because I've been in the situations where I pick the musicians for camps or conferences. And the first thing I look at is like, are they worshiping down there? Yeah. Could yeah. they worship with the people worshiping? And that's because you want people to lead you into worship that know how to worship. Right. So, yeah. So one of the biggest things that you got to implement, hey, you're doing this for the honor and glory of God and nothing. else. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that you hit the nail right on the head. And especially, you know, kind of going back and what you were talking about 
where the song list or maybe the, the theme of the song list just coordinates along with the message of the preacher for that day. And that's one of the things that I've never seen coordinated intentionally. Just last night, actually, it happened at the worship night. The song that the worship team was closing with, it went right along with the, the theme of the message. And before the, the brother went up to preach, he, he mentioned that, hey, I noticed this song on the, on the set list that is perfect because it's going along with, with the message. And whenever he went up there and did that and he shared his message, God used them. We, we saw a special movement. Uh, throughout the service, throughout the worship night, and it just clicked. It just clicked. And that, that's so important with going into prayer. And when it comes to facing fear, you know, believe it or not, one of the things that I've learned from myself about fear and that I've had to overcome and, and really trust God in doing is fear usually comes from self-centeredness because we don't want to look like a fool. We don't want to go out there and fall on our face. We don't want to go out there and and mess up. We don't want people to laugh at us. You know, that's a little bit of uncomfortable, but whenever you say, whenever you apply what you just said right now about doing it for God, it's like, Hey, look, I have to decrease so he can increase. That's what that looks like to me. And that is such a good point. And thank you for sharing that from your experience. So many years in playing, being in front of an audience and you've had to face it, you've had to overcome it. And I would say, maybe you can agree with me. You can expand on that, but the fear and the nervousness never really goes away completely. Yeah, never goes away. It, it's like you said, it's sometimes that it comes with it, never goes away, but you're prepared spiritually yeah. and take it away. Like I can't get behind a, when I was learning piano, I couldn't say, you know what, God, like I couldn't lift my hand and say, go ahead and use me. No, I had to put my work into it. I had to practice, you know, I had to, you know, physically go and put the hours in. So as a musician, you got to be ready at the talent level and you got to be ready at the spiritual level and go hand in hand. So yeah, like it goes back to what you say. You don't want to go up there and be embarrassed. You don't because yeah. we're so similar, but at the end of the day, God is going to take control of the service. There's times where you felt it where the music stops. Yeah. Yeah. God just takes control. And, um, I'm big on that. Cause I tell him, is this, you know what, if you have to worship, lift up your hands, get off the instrument, do it. Like let's, let's get, let God move. at the end of the day. This is his service. Let's let God move. It is its camp. It's his conference. Like let God move. He has to move, you know? Yeah. And uh, if that means no music, no music. And the, the great thing about music, you've probably seen the, <laughs> those frames everywhere, like music speaks where words can't. Yeah. And that's what worship is. Sometimes we can't, you know, we can't give nothing to God. Mm. But what could we give is his worship. That's why he right. tells the angels, you know, I need to hear my people. I need to hear them because they're worshiping right now. And that's yeah. the difference between the worship, us, us worshiping, and angels worshiping. Because yep. angels worship, but they don't know what it is to lose somebody and still worship. They don't know what it is to come after a long day, after a long work day, and still worship. Man, that's good. So our worship, I think it's intense. It's deep. And God is all like, this is what I love. Because they know how to worship me through the yeah. trials, through the tribulations. So I think it's something very powerful that we could set ourselves you know, put ourselves in a level and change the atmosphere of a, of a word. As a musician, as a worship, as a leader, change the atmosphere for where God is going to take that service or that event. Man, I love that. That is, that is so good and that's so deep and, and it's so true because I think one of, one of the things or one of the most spiritual things that you could do is actually make that decision. Coming into the church, you had a long day of work, you're struggling. Maybe you've been struggling with health. You've been struggling with an unanswered prayer. 
you've been struggling with certain type of doubts or anything, you name it. And then to, to make the decision and, and, and the deciding factor said from here forward, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to do it anyway. That right there, I think really connects with the spirit of God. And that, that's, that's beautiful. I love what, what you said there. And um, that's what really makes that connection with the people. And you probably seen it before where a person's testimony or even just it, it's, it's something that's felt with very, very little words. And it just spreads throughout the room with nothing even said. And that's when the music stops. And in some cases, not every, not every service, but you, you feel it, you feel it. And that's something that you can't script. No, not at all. I, I think it's something where the, the singers can't sing no more. The musicians can't be musicians. And it just takes over. It's powerful, spirit-led. And, um, you know, those, those moments, those intimate moments that God, you know, starts using the musicians, starts using the singers to bless the church. It's something very important. And again, like I said, go back to a lot, you know, what can you give God but your worship? What can you give them but your worship? Yeah, that's it right there. You know, when, when you look at worship leaders and you look at musicians and everybody that works on the platform, you can say, well, I'm not the best. I don't have the, the, all of the experience. I don't have maybe all of the knowledge in, in, in depth of musicianship or, whatever, or singing. And you say, well, I, I have the Holy Ghost now. I, um, I've been consistent. I'm serving. I'm here now. But how important is the preparation? Talk to me about the preparation and how God uses that to, to bring it to life. I think we got to give God the best of what we have. I'm not going to give God a song that I never practiced. I'm not going to give God something that I don't put my time and effort into it. And yeah. so I think the preparation is, it is important. Uh, when you have a, a band practice, yep. it's not a practice, it's a rehearsal. Because right. you need to be going there ready for what you're going to put together. So at rehearsal, as a practice, as, as um, music rehearsal, you're putting everything together that you were learning and preparing yourself for that. Okay? So it transcends to what you put out at a, a service or at event. So the preparation, I think, is, goes hand in hand with your spiritual preparation, with praying, with um, listening. What are you listening yeah. to? Because like a music amplifier, a guitar amplifier, you're connecting the guitar and whatever you play is coming out. If I'm during the week listening to secular music, yeah. what am I putting out on Sunday? So that goes hand in hand in your preparation spiritually and physically. What are you learning? Are you putting your time and effort into it like other things? You know, because we could binge watch on Netflix, you know, for hours, but we can't practice, pick up our instrument for like 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think the preparation, time and effort goes hand in hand to where God wants to take you. Because if God's saying, hey, you're putting your time, you're putting your effort, he's going to bless you. He's going to bless that. He's going to bless the instrument that you're playing is going to bless your ministry. It's going to take you to levels like you. I, I could be a testimony to that because I'm seeing myself doors open where I never thought it would be open. As a musician, yep. it, it opened where, because I was putting my time, I was putting my effort, and I was preparing myself to, you know, to where God was going to take me. Or it's, it's taking me. That's such an important lesson, being prepared, because I think if God gave you that gift and he gave you that, that purpose and that ability to learn that, 
And then to be able to step into that, when the opportunity comes, you may find yourself in that situation where you're going to miss it. You know, could we possibly miss it? Yes. I, I think, but we could have other chances. Yes, we could miss it, the opportunity, but the important is to learn from it. Right. Like if you have the leaders who are willing, and I think that's, that goes back to the leader that learn how to give opportunities. And if they miss the first one, hey, develop them and to get the, to take the other opportunity. Because as leaders, that's how we started off. Somebody gave us a chance. Somebody took a chance and somebody gave us opportunity because God was probably working into them. Like, hey, that's the next leader. Right. You know, right. give opportunity. That's where I'm at now. And I, and I thank those people that are in my life that, that gave me that, you know, hey, I had no business, you know, preaching. Gave me the first yep. shot of preaching. I had no business being, you know, on drums. Gave me the first opportunity to be there. So um, it goes back to, yeah, take the opportunity. If you miss it, I mean, it's probably going to take a while for your next opportunity, but you're going to learn from it. You're going to learn from that missed opportunity and you're going to take that, you know, with full force. You know, you, you've come so far from, from where you started, you know, from facing that fear. You were talking about that from actually you know, stepping out and, and, and stepping up and, and now leading others. Now you've been working with young people for, for quite a, quite some time now. You're the director of the South Central District. And for the ones that don't know, that is a region under the, the UPCI, the United Pentecostal Church International, and in the, in the Spanish ministry. And from your experience, what is it, maybe not necessarily just in music, but in general, what is it, what's something that you've learned and taken away from young people throughout the years in your experience to today? I think one of the biggest uh, conceptions about young people is that they're lazy and that they don't want to grow sometimes. But I think if you put effort and time into them, God will use them and take them places even far beyond what you're leading. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, like I said, it started music, but then from music, it led to a Sunday school class. Yeah. Music, as a musician, I'm saying that musicians doesn't always mean you're going to stay there. I'm, I never stayed behind the drums. I was doing piano, but I, I felt that God was telling me, you're not done there. Yeah. You know, or sometimes there's a season where you're not playing music no more. Like you start, you know, taking other positions that are given to you, more other opportunities. So one of the things that, that how I, ended up working with youth is that I started a Sunday school class and from the Sunday school class started growing. And from the Sunday school they you know, they, they gave me the opportunity to serve as a youth leader. And from there on started, I was a 17, 18 years old doing the Sunday school class. And wow. <laughs> I remember my first, it was early. Oh well, yeah, it was really early. So my, my dad was actually teaching at the time and he goes, you know what? I'd like you to start teaching. And, and I was like, man, I don't know about teaching. Like, I'm a musician. What am I going to do, you know, teaching a Sunday school class? So I did. I studied that. And I remember I studied and, you know, my first, my first lesson for Sunday school. And, you know, I gave it. And at the end of it, I gave opportunity for questions. And one of them, he raised up his hands. I'm like, why'd you take so long? Mm. <laughs> like, why'd you take? And so I learned there that, you know, maybe teaching them Hermeletica and all that. Yeah. It wasn't the time yet. They were still young. They were still learning. So it kind of taught me how to, how, you know, the, how to work with the youth, you know, what engages them, what, you know, could they relate to, what could I do that, that makes an impact in their life right. you know, without losing them, right. without giving this whole, you know, less without losing them. 
So I learned that every, every youth is different. Every, they're talented. I mean, you, you probably know this generation is talented. In Absolutely. Every way. And yeah. how could we use that to mold them to what God has for them? You know, so um, it's, it's something, it's, it's beautiful to see because the, those musicians those, or ministers or young ministers or young ladies that you poured into, many of them, you know, go off and are, are serving in other areas. And you love seeing that because, you know, that you feel like in a way that you helped that ministry a lot because you gave them opportunity. So, yeah, so where I'm at now, I started Sunday school. I started working with the youth. And now I, I, when we joined the UPCI back in 2011, um, I worked as a regional director, as a regional director, now at the district director. So um, working with the youth has been a passion. It's been an opportunity I've taken. And it's been beautiful to see young lives change and young lives leaning to a ministry and young lives that God is able to use these young lives. You know, God is able to use young men and young women, you know, for his purpose. Yeah, yeah. There's so many things that we can take away and things that we've learned and we can go on and on about things that we've learned from young people and just sitting, talking to them and observing. But I want to touch on this a little bit because I feel that this is a topic that is very important. There's a lot of PKs um, that probably tune into the podcast as well and we can share this resource with them. But from your experience, I think that expectations on PKs is, is very high especially from the church in itself, from other people, not necessarily just from your parents, but your parents started pastoring without your permission, I would assume. They didn't ask you if it was okay with you. They didn't say, hey, you know, we're going to go ahead and do this, uh, I'm assuming. But you were fairly young when, you're, when your parents started pastoring. Is that correct? I, I was fairly young, but I was at a, and, and I'll share this with you because my, my siblings and my wife knows it, but when my father said, Hey, I want to be a pastor because he's always worked as assistant pastor, you know, as a co-pastor. And he said, you know, God was pulling him because he has, he had at the past opened up churches okay, and, you know, had somebody left somebody else in charge. So we're used to that, but he felt the calling of opening up a church. And honestly, I, I didn't want to do it yeah. as, as being as a PK or assistant pastor family guy, I saw a lot that went on with the PK family, you know, and a lot that they dealt with. And I was like, no, right. Honestly, I, I I didn't want it. I didn't want the responsibility. I didn't want because I it, that was a lot. But you know, God touched my heart. You know, at the end of the day, it was a calling that that's God given, right? And God started working with me. Started working with my life. So one of the biggest misconceptions is that because you're a pastor's kid, you have to be the same as your pastor as right. your dad. And I'm not, and I'm, I won't get canceled for this, but doesn't mean you're going to be a preacher too. Right. It doesn't mean, and I think that we put a lot of um, burden on these young, you know, young kids or, you know, preachers, kids that they have to live up to their parents. Right. And sometimes it's not for them. You know, sometimes those parents are just happy with their son serving in some area in their ministry. It doesn't have to be behind a mic but they're serving in some area in ministry. And sometimes we push that. No, you got to be a preacher like your father. You got to be. And sometimes that's not their calling. Right. And we could, we could hurt a lot of people like that. We could hurt a lot of PKs like that because they're trying to live to expectations, what others have for them and not what God has for them. So you got to learn how to separate. Hey, this is God given. And 
I don't want to get canceled, but. No, no, not on this podcast. <laughs> you don't have to be a preacher. You don't yeah. have to, um, you know, but every, everybody else is telling you you don't have to. Whatever God is telling you, that's what you have to. Right. And whatever God has put in your heart, whatever God ministry has put in your heart, serve it full purpose. If you're in the media ministry, serve it full purpose. If you're in the music ministry, serve it with our heart. And it'll take some time. Maybe God does it, but it's not time yet. So don't push yourself to expectations that others have for you. You got to learn how to separate it. This is coming from God. This is coming from people. You know, learn how to separate it. Learn how to, you know, discern the calling of God upon your life more than anything, apart from the expectations others have for you. Yeah, that's so good. And I think that's such a great answer for a topic that is very needed. There's a lot of kids living up to expectation of other people and, and maybe struggling with that because maybe they're, they're playing a role out of position. You know, I, I would think in some cases, but from your experience, you knew that the expectations were there. You could feel it in some cases, maybe they even expressed it to you. But at some point, did you ever expect that from yourself and begin to believe like, Hey, maybe they're right. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Yes, I did. Because, um, words sometimes have a lot of meaning behind it. Yeah. And so I, at the age of 14, I remember I was, I was uh, sitting, it was a youth camp and I was sitting down and I was, I was done praying and I was sitting down just the, in the, in the seats. And then the preacher at the time, he was walking around. I was just, I wasn't paying attention to him. And then he looks at me, points at me. He comes up to me. He, I'm like, it's case, you know? Right, right. <laughs> he tells me, get up, raise my hands. And he, I remember those words clearly. He's all like, God has put a ministry in you. You need to stop running from it. Um, and I was 14. I was 14. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, 14, you should be preaching already. But I was like, um, I mean, that, that was a seed impl- you know, planted in me. But it wasn't until I was later, 17, 18, where I started seeing that seed grow. Yeah. So it was a time during that time, like I wanted to be that preacher. I wanted to be that, you know, but God was kind of telling me, hey, there's a learning process. There's a growth that you have to go through before what I had promised you has to, you know, is in effect. So I, you know, I did want to be that preacher, you know, like, oh, and like, Gloria a Dios, you know, but then, then again, when I started, you know, having a relationship with God, I had to learn to wait. Yeah. That wasn't the season yet. So I had to learn and, and don't get me wrong. It was, it was kind of hard to see whether people being used and you're not right yet. Right. You know, the people being you know, given opportunities, you're not there yet, you know, but waiting. And then I also see now, because if I was given the opportunities back then, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at now. Meaning it wasn't until now till this, I mean, till when I was 18, you know, 19, where what I was giving was helping out the ministry I was in at that time. I was able to bless the ministry that I was, you know, involved in. Where if I was, you know, to do it in my early stage, I wouldn't go nowhere. Yeah. So God, thank God, you know, it's his timing. And he knows why he does it for. And that helped me grow as a person. That helped me grow in my ministry. And um, I think the expectations have to be God sent, you know, have to be... Um, Spirit led more than anything. Yeah. What is something that, that you can say that helped you really tune into that discernment and say, you know what? I understand the expectations. I understand what my family's doing. 
but I feel God calling me into this or this area. How, how can young people really step into that discernment and develop that? Uh, number one, their relationship with God, their personal relationship with God, not their parents' relationship, their personal relationship, not what God has done for you. I mean, not, sorry, not what God has done for your parents, but right. what God has done for you. Yeah. It has to be a personal, at the, at the end of the day, it's between you and God. And, um, that, that probably, and what helped me out a lot is honestly reaching out to other leaders or reaching out to, to, um, my leaders at the time to help me understand or help me see or help me guide me. And that's very important because I was able to, to reach out to them. Cause many times I don't think a lot of youth likes to reach out. They're like, well, no, they're just going to shut me down. No, reach out, reach yeah, out to yeah. your pastor, reach out to the ministers, you know, because they've probably been through some type of, of situation like that. So me reaching out, speaking up, you know, texting my buddies, you know, who at the time were probably the same, you know, either in another calling or the same calling I was, um, that helped me out a lot to have that connection with somebody, have that network, you know, of people to, that we feed off each other, that we help each other out. So that really the connections and a personal relationship with God to understand, Hey, this is for you, not for your parents, for you. Yeah, that's so good. You know, one of the things that I've seen also along with expectations, everybody seems to have their own definition of what the pastoral role is or what the family's pastoral family's role should be. If you talk to different people and you ask them questions, well, I think the pastor should be doing this. I think their kids should be doing this. And everybody has a different definition of what the pastoral or pastoral family role really is. You know, and the workload is heavy. And I think it's heavier from what I've seen because I've been close to a lot of PKs over the years and I've talked to a lot of young adults and even um, uh, adults already that, that went through that PK stage or that went through their childhood or, or young adult years as a PK and the workload gets heavy. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand and the expectations are there, but they don't understand really what goes on behind closed doors. What could you tell others who find themselves carrying most of the load and are struggling to manage it? I think one of the greatest things to understand that pastor is always going to see the people as ovejas. We probably see them as members, but a pastor is always going to see them as an oveja, a yeah, soul. Yeah. So we have to um, keep that mentality as part of the family that we know that our father is out, you know, or our parents are out serving. And like I said, many times we would do is that if we had to go pray for somebody, we're getting up and we're praying at home. And because again, we're involved in that ministry. He involved us because, um, yeah, you're, you're probably living in a glass house because everybody's going to, you know, see what you do 10 times more than anybody else. But you got to be able to protect your testimony when they, you know, um, yeah, you, you want to have fun too. And, you know, I mean, they always, there's that joke that los piques son los peores or <laughs> the worst, you know, you know, not Jeremy though. He's, he's a good guy, <laughs> but it's just that, that, you know, we're going to, we're going to have some, you know, critiques, you know, some, um, we're going to go through people, you know, talking about us, you know, we're going to go through it. And that's just part of it. Like right. there's no, there's no, you know, Neramana could have a kid 10 times worse, but they're worried about me or they're worried about, you know, what we're right. doing. So we have to learn to block out the noise. That's just a noise that comes with it. There is, I can't say, Hey, you know, people are not going to stop talking about you. That's, that's going to be part of it. Yeah. The you criticism. Know? Yeah. Big time. The criticism is going to be there and it's going to be part of it. But what are you doing with your ministry? You got to learn how to block that out. Like, Hey, 
God, I know, and I'm struggling with it, but I'm a block, you know, help me block it out. Help me block out the noise that what I do, I do with an open heart, you know? Yep. And again, you go back to how do you see the people? You don't see them as members. You got to see them as sheep, souls. And that's how a pastor, and I think that, that's a lot of, um, that's a big thing that a lot of people don't see that um, when your dad is called to go pray for somebody at three in the morning to cast out a demon yeah. at two in the morning, they don't see that he's getting up while sometimes even having a, a, a job and he has to wake up for it. They don't see what goes on. And, and sometimes they say, but oh, nunca tiene tiempo para mí. I'm like, <laughs> right, right. He's always around. He's yeah. always around. But, you know, he's, you know, they're doing, they're taking care of the church. They're taking care of the souls. and we have to learn that there's a lot that goes on with the pastoral family that a lot of people don't know about, you know, the struggles and we've got to keep a soft spot for these PKs. Right. And I always try to reach out to them. And I'm very, you know, as, as I'm older now, you know, obviously don't live with my parents no more, but I try to reach out and I see that. So I try to take them under my wing and try to, you know, give them words of encouragement. It's one of the biggest things now that I could do, you know, as, 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 um, still a PK, but now like I am my own family. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so important. And, and you have a very strong influence with young people and, and your voice and your presence within that age group and is so important. And that's going to help them transition into, into the next step. And speaking of transitions, one of the things that, that young people face, especially young adults right now is, is transition. You know, you find themselves now, not only being led by their parents, but now they're facing where they have to make more of the decisions and they have to face the transition for themselves and lead themselves and trust in what has been instilled in them. So how can we help young people transition through that phase where now they're going into the workforce? Now they're having to stay consistent on their own without mom and dad pushing them so much. Now they have to do it for themselves. What do young adults need to be aware of most, in your opinion, as they transition from following their parents to leading themselves as a young adult now on their own? I think it's important to understand that it's okay to not know what you're doing sometimes. It's yeah, okay it's to good. not have it figured out. Like, it's okay to feel like that. Because a lot of people are like, well, I don't have it figured out. That means that, you know, God doesn't love me. He's not watching out for me. You know, but yeah. it's okay to feel like that. It's, it's, it's a rough process. Because again, like you're saying, we're going from living with our parents, being guided with our parents to now figuring out our own, you know, so we're like, we're, we're lost. We're in transition spirit, you know, a period in our lives where, you know, you know, it everything's hitting us. Some of, some of us are going off to college. Some of us are going, you know, uh, you know, work to careers already. Some yeah. of us are going straight to careers, you know, so we're learning, we're developing. It's a lot of changes coming on. So it's okay to feel lost. It's okay to feel, you know, like you don't know what you're going to do. A lot of people go to college four years and don't end up where they, you know, what they study for. Right, right. It happens. It's okay. But I think it's important to keep other, above all that is to keep God first. You're going off to university, make sure there's a church there. You're going off to study abroad, make sure there's a church there that you yeah. go to. Um, don't use it as an escape. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> don't use it in escape because yeah. a lot of people do that. A lot, a lot of young, you know, they go and they're like, well, I could get away from my parents, get away from that. Yeah, you could, but you can't get away from God. Right. You get away right. from your leaders. You could get away from everybody else, but you're not going to get away from God. Yeah. 
They'll never get away from God. And he'll come back. He'll come back like we're older now. And things that we did in our 20s or younger that we're seeing now, like, you know, thank God that God kept me. Because um, if it wasn't for the decisions I'd have made back then, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at now. Yeah. So it's important to understand that every decision that you make now in your life is going to affect you in the long run. So keep God first. Keep, you know, in prayer, keep in the word. Um, and understand that it's okay to not know. Sometimes It's okay to not have it figured out yet. You know, one of the things that I, I like to encourage young people a lot on, especially young adults, and we talk about it quite a bit on the podcast. I've mentioned it before about guardrails and things that are going to keep you protected. They're going to protect you in so many different ways, not only just your testimony, but it's going to protect you in general because now you're going into the workforce, you're, you're, you're mixing in with the unchurched and close friends, uh, non-Christian family, and you have coworkers now and everything goes. There's no guardrails in, in some of the conversations that go on in the workplace. And sometimes even though it's not recommended by HR, but you're among these conversations and, and you know what, you know what they are. And now you're amongst other leaders, maybe you're in ministry. So you're exposed to so many different types of gathering gatherings, either in church or outside of church. And with that in mind, what is, or as Christians, what does having congruency look like in our, in our life and being the same as in the church, being the same in those outer groups and everywhere we go? You cannot lose yourself. You cannot lose who you are. You got to keep, if it's certain, like you said, shop talk, because I, I, I grew up, I mean, I'm actually a mechanic. So I went to mechanic school and, and I did that. And there's some conversations that really surprised that they were having. Because never in my life that I was exposed to that. I was you know, really exposed to that. But I have to be, I have to know when to step away. Like, right. okay, I can't, I can't, you know, y'all, y'all going too far. You know, I went, so learn how to step away. Learn how to not be part. Take care of your testimony. Have discernment of the spirit where God's, you know, you know what? Don't change who you are. It's funny because the world is always saying, you know, telling the young people, you know, you know be you. Be right. who you are. Right. But when it's come to living the right life, it's like, oh, you know, don't do that. No, you got to live the right life. And it's funny because a lot of new converts that, you know, they, they probably have families and they're out drinking and, you know, they're out in the party scene. But once they decide to leave all that and to, to, to leave all that and to serve God, it becomes a problem for the family. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, very, very confusing sometimes because never were they, you know, had a problem with you getting drunk in the weekends. Never did they have that problem. But now that you want to serve God, they have a problem. With so you got to learn how to, you're going to face criticism. You're going to face that, you know, well, I can be not part of us, you know, no, you're going to face that, but you got to learn that that's, you know, part of the life that God wants you to live. That don't lose yourself. Like your identity is within me. Your identity is what I give you. And you got to, we got to hold on to that. Because at the end of the day, there's a, there's a reward for that. Yeah. So, it, it's and we got like you said we gotta be careful i'm not gonna be going out to uh parties where they're out drinking every weekend right what am i gonna be doing there what would right. i have no business there right you know because if you're out and outside and it's drizzling you might say well i'm not wet yet yeah but if you're there for long enough you're gonna be pretty so yeah yeah so we gotta take it like that you know you gotta limit yourself where you go understand that where you're going or wherever you show your face it, it's it's gonna be a byproduct of who you are of a person who you are so Try to limit yourself. Like you say, at work, those conversations, just, just walk out. Just walk yeah, out. Yeah. 
I think that's so true what you were saying. Even if you can find yourself in, in the middle of that scenario, and it's going to be kind of difficult to go and preach the gospel or go and shine the light into a place like that without getting sucked in mm-hmm. or without getting wrapped up into that situation. And if your goal is to soul win, in my opinion, I wouldn't recommend doing it in a setting exactly. like that. A party maybe not be the appropriate setting to be soul winning. If you want to soul win, you know, I, I think you find the right place to do that. But <laughs> That is so true. You're going to get more that the chances are you're going to get probably wrapped up into that scenario as exactly. well. And there's consequences that come from that as well. But, you know, one of the, speaking of transitions, one of the things that I, I feel and I see that it's important with young adults, you and I both see it now from, from this point of view um, in, in, in uh, well into our thirties, mid thirties, probably. So managing our time and not saying yes to everything. You know, I, I see young people saying yes to this, yes to that, staying up late, going here, going there. And that's fine. I love that. I love having fun. But as you get older, you know, saying yes to every speaking invitation or every, um, every, every time you get invited to go play and, and it can get, it can get tiring. It can get tiring. And so how do we avoid that burnout? And how does one take time for themselves to refresh, recover, recharge without the guilt of feeling selfish that they are moment for, for that moment that they're not available. You know, we want to take time to refresh, but we also don't want to feel guilty for saying no, you know? So what do we do there? I mean, you're going to have to have time for yourself. Um, if it's from planning a youth camp, it's from planning a conference that takes a lot of time. There's that, there's a lot of stuff that goes behind the scenes for these conferences, camps. A lot of people don't see that the right. end, uh, that the end of it, cause honestly on, Conference on camps. My wife doesn't like this, but I survive on Red Bull on coffee. That that's yep. I mean, you're not sleeping, you're giving your pouring out, you're giving your all. But in order to avoid burnout, you gotta be able to take some time. Like right, right now, my month of November, December, I'm not doing nothing. I'm done with my conferences. I, I just finished wrapping up my uh our district conference. Yep. Which is a powerful move of God. And now I'm taking my time. You're gonna learn how to take your own time. Like it's, it's, you're going to have to say no sometimes because you got to avoid that. If you're every month doing an event, event here and there, but you're not doing nothing in your local church, then there's a problem. Right. Right. If you are not doing out, if you're not doing something in your local church that you're doing out there, you know, that's a problem, you know? So it has to be whatever you're doing at your local home, because I'm big about that. And I'm like, and, and this is one of the one things that I said at the conference, like camps and conferences, they're awesome. You know, but it doesn't matter if you go back home and do nothing, you know. So um, remember that you still have your local church to serve. Right. So you're going to have to say, no, have some space for you, have some time for you. If it's a hobby, pick up a hobby. That's one of the biggest things. Like you got to pick up some kind of hobby that's not, you know, involved with the leadership that you're involved in. You're going to have some time because now you're going to feel burned out. You're going to feel stressed out. You know, you're going to feel like. You know, I can't do this and it's going to weigh on you pretty bad. So just take some time off, like whatever it is, you know, if it's two weeks out, if it's a month long, because, you know, as a leader, you know, it's we're really not done. You right. Know, I'm already planning for January all the way to December next year. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I have to um, put my time because I still have my family. I still have uh, my local church. Um, I have to make time for them. I have to, you know, make sure that I have make time for my kids. Um, and not be with them and be burned out. So right. I think that causes a problem. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, that is so good. Taking time for yourself, finding something that you can distract your mind, finding something where you can do something outside of ministry. And when you're talking about young, young adults or young people, not everybody's involved in ministry. You know, you have, you have young people that, that, that serve and that participate, but maybe not necessarily at the highest level or at the highest commitment like some of the others. What would you say to young adults that sincerely desire to serve in the kingdom of God, but for some reason feel that it's too late for them? You know, you have young people that have had experiences. Maybe the enemy is attacking their mind and just kind of slowing them down and saying, hey, you know what? I've messed up too much. I've, I've seen too much. I've experienced too much. It's too late for me. Maybe I, I missed too many opportunities. And maybe some young people feel like, hey, you know what? It's too late for me to start something new. You know, what, what can we tell those young people to really get them going and get them out of that? You're never, it's never too late. And I think that if, if, yeah, if the devil's attacking you now, if the devil's putting yourself, hey, you're not good enough, it means that he's scared of what you're going to become later. If he could take care of you now and not worry about, you know, take care of you and put that in and make you think that you're not good enough, then he doesn't have to worry about you later. So it's, it's important to understand that, yeah, it's going to take time. You're, it's not too late that God can use it. If you're serving with all your heart right now and what you're doing, if it's like you said, if it's not something that if they're not out preaching, if it's something that they're doing media or, or they're doing, you know, they help out in the, in the, you know, the clean, the church or anything in the ministry, that's not part of the ministry that we see, you know, that if they're doing it with their whole heart, it, it, the only, the only person that needs to see that is God, that he's seeing you. Hey, you're serving with all your heart and keep serving and keep serving, you know, Cause you're not doing it for recognition. You're not doing it for, for, um, for, for the likes. You're not doing it. Like keep, get at the mentality yeah. that you're not doing it for anybody else, but God. So keep serving, keep working. Um, you may not see it now, but it's, it's coming. Like you gotta right. stay firm, stay faithful in what you're doing. Because if you're faithful in the small things, God will bless you, you know, in the big things. If you're faithful and private, God will bring you up in public. Absolutely. You know, one of the, one of the things that, um, that really come to mind that I, I can't just overlook and I can't let you go before talking about this a little bit, because I, I think it's very important. I want to get your thoughts on it. You know, for a long time, we've seen the difference or the separation between ministry and career. And a lot of the young adults now they're into knowledge. They want knowledge. They're seeking education. They're going to college going to university and putting maybe ministry on hold in some cases there's young people that are doing both they're going to university they're studying and they're doing ministry and i think for a long time there's been a misconception that it is ministry or career if you're not full-time you're truly not serving god completely or sometimes maybe it can be communicated that way and you lack faith because you're not serving god the way that maybe quote-unquote should be serving so should it be understood as ministry or career or ministry and career? What are your thoughts on that in general? I think they go hand in hand. I think it's important to have a career, to have a family, or if you have a family, if you don't have a family, it's just, it's, it's good to have a career too. It's good to be, you know, some of us are, you know, first generation going to college, you know, that we want to, you know, be able to bring that diploma to our parents to show them, hey, you know, look, I graduated, you did this, you helped me out. But at the same time, not forgetting that God always comes first. That could we use our career to bless our ministry? Could we use our ministry to bless our career? You know, it's, it's kind of hard because I don't, I don't want to say that um, 
you can't work and preach at the same time or you right. can't work in you know sir so it, it's kind of if if you're a full-time minister you know you know glory to god but some of us don't have that you know we have to work in order to get right. around and it, it it shouldn't be career or ministry it should be is is my career blessing my ministry or is my ministry blessing my career and there's some decisions that we're gonna have to take hey if I'm, if this job is taking church time away from me, maybe it's not the career. Right. If if this is taking more of my time to the church, maybe it's not. And then they're hard decisions because maybe they're yeah. paying you good. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe God is trying to test you. Hey, what's more important? Yeah. Your salvation, your relationship with me, or the dollar amount. Yeah. So that's where it gets tough, and that's where we got to be discern. You know, discern the spirit what God is leading us to, and it it's. It's a tough topic because it's, yeah. I don't yeah, want, it's, I don't want to say, Hey, don't work. <laughs> you know, I'm not, right, right, right. So it, it's not about just simply leaving work and, and doing full-time ministry. If you have the opportunity to do full-time ministry, that's great. Like you said, if that works for you, then, then, then go for that. But in my opinion, I don't, I don't think we're lacking faith just because you decide to study. I think God gives us the opportunity to develop and to, mm. and, and, and to expand and use our gifts, maybe in that position that, that you're pursuing there's people that need to be reached there. Right. There needs to be somebody Holy Ghost filled to be able to make those CEO decisions in, in, in that role possibly. And, and it's, it'll be amazing. I mean, I would be proud to have a, somebody that's in ministry and in a career in a high CEO of something. Right. That's yeah, a blessing yeah. for, for the church in general. That'd be yeah. awesome. Can you imagine a doctor, you know, going in there doing, doing whatever it is he's doing, he's doing surgery and he's praying for this mm. person in Jesus name, you know, praying for healing. You know, maybe it's a cancer patient and it's, it's, it's a doctor filled with the Holy Ghost and he's, he's, he's practicing medicine. He's doing his career, but he's praying for that person in the, in, in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. How, man, it would be such an amazing testimony to hear, say, hey, you know what, like this happened and this is what was going on in my mind. I was praying for this person. I was able to reach this person that were healed. And, and here we are. Not everybody has to have a mic. Right. And maybe that's how you're reaching people. Maybe that's how others are seen. Like. God being used. We go back to the story of Martha and Mary. Right. When um, Lazarus had died and they go out and tell Jesus, hey, your friend, that's how you tell him, your friend has died. And Jesus takes his time. He doesn't go right away. And you understand that Jesus had a relationship, a, a good friendship with him. Yeah. When he can, he would go out and, and, and spend time with him. Yeah. On his way, he would leave his disciples. And that, that's another about burnout. Mm. Yeah, you had to leave. Yeah, to leave separate. He separate himself and go and to his friends and have a good time. What they talk about, they probably talked about the marriage. Oh, what'd you do today, Jesus? Oh, you should have seen I spit on the floor. And I, but you know, yeah. those conversations yeah. he had. So they had a, they had a, um, a relationship with Jesus that nobody else saw. Mm. And he would tell them stories. So when it says your friend had died, because they're telling, hey, Lazarus. Yeah. He's dead or he's dying. And so Jesus takes his time. And he doesn't go right away. He takes his time. And, you know, when he goes back, we know the story. He goes back. Mary comes, you know, if you would have been here, he starts, you know, reclamando in a way. Right. And uh, he goes and we know the story. Lazarus comes out of the dead. But why did he do that? Why did he run over there? He had to make it everybody else see. Look, yes, it might be. It was probably, you know, Martha and Mary probably, you know, suffering at the time. But they're suffering. You know, everybody, everybody else saw that the Jesus, the power that Jesus had because he right. rose from that. Everybody else saw it wasn't for you. Maybe you have family that's not serving in church. Maybe you have, you know, family you're trying to really praying for, 
But right now you're going to certain situations that you don't know why. And yeah. God, you know, you're telling God, why am I going through this? Why am I going through these problems? You keep in mind, hey, maybe God's using your situation to reach your family. Yeah. Because your family is going to say, how did you get out of that? How did you get, you know, how did, were you healed from cancer? Right. God. And that's how you bring them in. So, Man, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. You know, right now you mentioned a little bit about the, the powerful conference that you recently had and you closed out the year with you know, for the South Central, what were some of your biggest takeaways from that? For the ones that weren't there, for the ones that missed it, in, in your opinion, what did you see most impactful? Or what were your takeaways from that? Honestly, I'll share this with you because I was praying around June, Jan, July, and uh, I was just praying for these conferences, camps coming up, and God showed me a vision. More anything. I, was, I was just, I don't know where, He took me to somewhere where um, I saw a group of young people holding hands. That's all. They were just holding hands and I'm like, what are you trying to say with that? You know, what's going yeah. on? And, and that's what I kept in my mind. So, um, so the whole theme I've been, what I've been trying to do at in the very camp, every conference, you know, I felt that I had to lead that prayer and I had to ask everybody to hold their hands because we're about to step into a battle and this is a generation that's going to lead us and, and it's going to be in the front lines. Yeah. And I feel that this, these camps and conferences have been going on, especially this conference, that there had to be a unity within the young people yeah. to understand, hey, you're not fighting things by yourself. The person next to you is probably going through a worse situation and not a different, you know, maybe the same situation you are. But your prayer is going to help them. You're going to help each other. And we got to understand that this generation is and you, you, you believe yourself that this, this is the last generation that we're going to start seeing signs and wonders, but they have to lean and, and know that themselves. Right. I could, we could tell them well, all the time. We could tell them, hey, you're the, but they have to believe. It. And I think there has to be a unity amongst them that yeah. they're going to take us there. They're going to lead us there. And I, I, that, that's what, I've, what I got for this conference because it, it was powerful. But I remember uh, Brother Josh preached Friday night and he said he invited everybody to go up. There was no music. Just he goes, you can't hide. You can't hide behind the music. You can't hide behind Man. the songs. You know, what are you going to give God with no music? What are you going to give God? Man. Show me your true worship with no music. Show me Jeez. your true worship, man. Spirit of God just fell powerful. And I think this is one of the biggest thing, you know, it's your turn. Us telling this generation, it's your turn. You know, take us there. And That's so good. I, I think they have the, I mean, it's powerful and uh, they're going to take us there. And I believe in Jesus name that we're going to see, start seeing just wonders and miracles within the young people within our churches. And it's going to be led by this generation. You know, right now, I don't know if you have the, the calendar already, already built up completely, but maybe a little bit of a preview. What, what do the young people from the South Center right now have to look forward to at least maybe going into the first few months of the year of 23? So we, we do have events already. Um, March 3 and 4, we're going to be in San Antonio. We're going to have our conference. We actually used, always used to do it in March, but we're COVID. We moved it for November. Okay. And uh, we're going to move it back to March. So we're back in March. We're going to have our district conference. Um, we're going to have our first youth camp of mm. South Central Texas. So that's, that's strong. Yeah, it's going to be something. I'm excited for it. Um, it and, man, you know, we... we we were planning everything for COVID, you know, but obviously COVID hit, so it canceled a lot of stuff. But um, 
we do have our youth camp coming up in June 15, 12 to 15 in Palacios, Texas. And then we'll be wrapping it up with a youth rally in November. So we, we don't, we didn't put that many, you know, events because we have a lot of regional stuff too. I don't want to overpack the calendar, but yeah, we have a lot of stuff coming on and I think it's going to go you know, going up from there for where we stop that. I think it's going to be continued. Man, that's so good. That's very exciting to see. You're already prepared. You're already looking forward to next year. And I know that's going to be impactful to the young people. And I know God is doing something special there in South Central District. So one of the things that we also talk about on this podcast that I think is very important that, and I want you to share before we go also is resources, things that have helped us prepare. I love sharing things. People come over and they ask me about books. They ask me about that. And they ask me about different things that I'm using. So what is something that has helped you develop or maybe resources that you can share, either music, books, podcasts, YouTube channels? What resources have helped you grow in leadership or personally in general? One of the biggest resources, honestly, is networking. Able to reach out to other pastors or able to reach out to other leaders within like what I'm doing or are in another level where I'm at. Always Always find people who are better than you and what you do. That's good. That's going to make you grow. Learn how to reach out and learn how to be able to, to be open to those who want to learn. Because a lot of, you know, I think a lot of stuff that we do that we, we get this position and we wrap it up. We don't want to share with nobody. Man. But that shouldn't be like that. We, yeah. we should, as leaders, we should be able to be open and to, and, and I told my regional leaders, I'm like, look, I have this position right now, but I'm not going to hide everything I do. I'm going to teach y'all and help y'all learn because when I'm gone, you're going to do a way better job than I did. Man. So we have to have that mentality and to say, Hey, this is not mine. It's God's, but we're sitting, I'm sitting it up for you. And so I think one of the biggest networking is, is important reaching out to other people. Like if I could reach out to you and say, Hey, but Jay, you know, and th that's important because you know, Hey, you have a friend of me and I have a friend of you and right. we're growing We're this is all for the kingdom. There's no, you know, we're not, um, like how we're, we're not competing against each other. Right. You know, we got to make sure that our, our condition is impacting our position. Right. Our condition, you know, with other, you know, uh, spiritually is impacting my position. Cause at the end of the day, not, it's not given by anybody else, but God. So, um, I would say in books and podcasts, a lot of music, um, within the UPCI organization, so we have a lot of seminars for leadership and right. music. Um, what we don't have, we're trying to work on is a uh, um, seminar of music in Spanish. Because I think it's very important for us to start hitting that, you know, a lot of churches, a lot of small churches, Spanish churches, you know, they feel they, they don't have um, the latest music, the latest media, the latest. And sometimes it's like that. But we got to train them to work with what they got. Right. Because sometimes we want, oh, we need the pro presenter right away. Well, yeah. probably don't have the funds for pro presenter yet. Yeah. But work with what you got. And when you get there, you're ready for the next level. So um, it's a lot because I've been in a situation, you know, pastors call me up, hey, and, you know, we need help in this, can you help us out? And I go, I'm like, you have a good drum set. Because um, obviously, you know, I'm a musician and I help out in, in media and, you know, uh, sound and all that. So I would go help out churches out and like, you know, anything you need. So they called me up and I would go and look at the drum set. I'm like, why do you want to buy another one? They're like, well, because this Man. one, like, no, just, you know, let's, we do like a whole, uh, what do you call it? Like a, 
was this a one show that we have cars and they would like fix them up? Yeah, yeah. The makeover. Yeah, makeover. Basically on, on drums and I would put new skins. They're all like, so the resources that I could provide, I love to help other churches out. If there's other churches that call me up, hey, you know, what do you recommend? And if, if I don't know, again, it goes back to networking. I know people who are better than me. Hey, you should ask him. You see what he, because I, I don't know that this is not my specialty, but I know people who are. So it's a lot of networking, a lot of, you know, people that could help you out. Man, bro, thank you so much for sharing that because that, that means a lot to me. And I know a lot of young people have been blessed. A lot of youth ministries have been blessed by your opinions, your ideas, your, your media resources and things like that. I've seen it. And just being able to be secure in yourself to be able to do that and say, hey, you know what? I'm not the best person for that idea. Maybe reach out to so-and-so, maybe reach out to this person. It says so much about your leadership and it speaks volume about your character. And I love to see that. And I want others that are listening to be able to take after that. Because one of the things that ha helped me develop is becoming a leader that maybe I didn't have or maybe a leader that I wanted to see. And for you to be able to reach out to young people like that and providing resources like that that are challenging for others, maybe it comes natural for you because you're just such a creative person. And helping out like that with, with free of charge. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm giving back. That's your way of giving back. And I see God blessing you in that, expanding your ministry, opening up, opening up new doors. And that speaks volume about you, brother. And thank you so much for that and, and leading the way that you do. And it means a lot to me. Amen. And it goes back to opportunities, brother. Like, I wouldn't be here if, no, if nobody ever gave me an opportunity. And leaders, don't be afraid to give opportunities. If God has put you in the heart to start you know, working with young people, Start doing it. It's, it's beautiful to see. You work with young people. It's beautiful to, to see spirit-led young people. Right. What they're doing now in the ministry. And it goes back to leadership. Um, a friend of mine I was hearing his, his preaching. He was talking about Absalom. And Absalom, it says, you know, he had this beautiful hair. This long, beautiful hair. But I found it funny because if you're in battle, probably the worst thing you want to have is yeah. long, beautiful yeah. hair. Right. And it's funny that that's how he stood out to people yeah. with his hair. But his downfall was at the end, his hair. Yeah. But he, what made him stand out is what was his end at the end. Like he, you know, so we can't get caught up in our position too many times with our leadership or like, you know, have the accolades. Oh yeah, I did this. No, you got to learn how to nourish it, nourish your ministry because at the end of the day, what makes you stand out is what's going to take you out. If, if you, you don't nourish it. So it, it's important to nourish your ministry, nourish with, with the word of God, with books, with podcasts, you had some great topics here on yours. So I, I recommend hundred percent yours um, and others out there that, that are involved in music or something that you do. So um, nourish your ministry, nourish yourself, nourish your family and God will provide the rest. Brother Rolo or Robert Lopez, AKA Rolo, <laughs> most know him as Rolo. Thank you so much for spending time with me today and sharing resources the way you do. And this is now a, a, maybe a new way that you've provided value for so many either youth leaders, youth pastors, or even youth groups. And, and I've seen you be creative in so many different ways with graphics Great and God. with music. And, 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 and you just, you, you pour out inspiration. And I, I was able, and I had the opportunity to be um, in, in, a, in a fraction part of your family camp recently. And to see the way that your family leads and reach, reaches a community and, and creates this community family atmosphere within the church is very, very special. 
And, and I appreciate all of you, your family, very loving, very approachable, very down to earth and, and connect with almost anyone. And that's, that's rare to see nowadays. And, and, I'm, and um, I'm privileged to be able to call you a friend and I'm privileged to be able to have access to you. And where can others have access to you as well? Where do you spend time more on social, Facebook, Instagram? I'm right now with the young kids. I'm on Instagram. I'll get, I have Facebook, but obviously I think the Facebook's for the older crowd. <laughs> no, but on Instagram, um, I don't get on it too much. <laughs> on, the, on the Facebook or Instagram? On the Facebook, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's for the older crowd, yeah, not for yeah. No, um, they could reach me at Rolo underscore thirty. If you have any questions, a lot of people do reach out um, concerning the graphics, concerning other areas. I'm open. I may not know anything, or may not know everything, but I will help you out. Um, like I said, I do it for free of charge. I help people out. Um, I like I like being a blessing to people. And to churches because i know growing up i didn't have that resource so if i could be that resource for other people it's amazing so run underscore 30 um if you want to give me a follow or just message me it's fine yeah, that. yeah <laughs> absolutely and that, i know that's going to help and bless a lot of people thank you so much for all the value that you provided today the wisdom and the experience and and the inspiration thank you for being avail available to us and thank you for spending time with us on this podcast today i appreciate you brother and thank you for everything you're doing here Thank you. God bless you. God bless. Thank you for being part of our conversation today. In the description below, you will find links where you can connect with Robert Lopez. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss out on anything. Also, if you would like to contribute in helping us reach others, I invite you to do so simply by leaving a good rating. Feel free to leave a review or even share it on social media. And that would mean so much to me. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. In the description below, you will find the links where we can connect. Let me know how this was helpful to you. You can also visit my blog page where you can find more helpful content like this at inspired2inspired.org. That's inspired, the number two, inspired.org. For now, continue moving forward in the direction God is leading you. Continue taking steps closer in becoming who God has intended you to be so you can be impactful in every area of your life. God bless, and we'll see you on the next one.